Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 49 of the Finger Guns podcast. My name is Roscoe, and I'm joined by the first person to play Final Fantasy VII in the UK, Mr. Greg Hicks. <laughs> Hello. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. I'm on call tonight, so touch wood, we don't have a repeat of last time when I was called out just before the podcast. So, yeah, I'm on, I'm on edge, and I'm on call, but I'm fine. Good weekend? Yeah, not too bad. Well, I've been working, really, so... Sure. I mean, we do split shifts, and today is like nine till three, but I'm on call from three till eight in the morning. So yeah, I've got that that back of my mind thought that I might get called in at some point. Are you on higher alert at the moment? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, I'm not under any like NDA or anything like that that I can't say. It's just that it's all a bit up in the air at the moment. There's certainly going to be a push on sort of cancelling non-essential surgeries. I mean, we're orthopedics, so we'll still do like people breaking themselves, but yeah, there might be a bit of a restriction on people that have had to wait for knee and hip operations. They might make them wait a little bit longer because, unfortunately, a lot of people that have these worn-out knees and hips are old, and old people are susceptible to stuff when they've had surgeries, yes. especially, especially with like broken hips as well. But that's that's a separate issue. And yeah, this whole coronavirus thing is a bit susceptible in old people, so we don't want to be like asymptomatic carriers. And then, I mean, we try and keep as sterile as we can in theatre, but you know. You want to be mm. careful. Oh, sure. the, scare, the scariest thing is they're talking about we might have to shave our beards off. No. I know. I've just fucking grown this one as well. <laughs> this, is, this is doing all right. I'm managing this one. I'm not getting fed up with it yet. And because we're going to have to wear like a new type of surgical mask, they're talking about it not not being a flush seal if we've got masks, if we've got beards. Oh. So I'm just like, really? And they're like, oh, yeah, it might have to be like clean shaven. Not just a bit of stubble, like clean shaven. I'm like, what? Are you going to glue them to my face? What? Wow, I haven't seen you clean shaven since what, since school, I was I since, well since I was about 12 years old, which is what I look like clean shaven. <laughs> but I've got a bum chin, so I said, will that will that create like a, a a hole in the seal? You know, will that will that be like an air leak? So <laughs> that, that's why I grow the beard to cover up the bum chin. I see. So yeah, that, that's my week. Um, virus and facial topiary woes. Oh, the drama. I know. Oh, talking of old people under isolation, Mr. Paul Collett. <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> How are you doing, mate? Absolute git. <laughs> How are you? I'm okay. I have, uh, I have wrestled a lot of people at Sainsbury's this morning. Um, it's crazy out there. I'm enjoying life, you know, avoiding the wrong end. Good. Well, that's something. Well, it is. I just, I just can't understand why people are panic buying. It's just ridiculous. Everyone just needs to calm down. And that's my advice. Yes. Okay, fair enough. Other than that, you're good. Uh, yeah, good. And finally, it's his birthday tomorrow. It's Sean Davies. Hi. How you doing, mate? Well, it'll be. I'm good. It'll be today, won't it? Well, yes. When you're listening to it, it will be today. Yeah. So, happy birthday, Sean. Happy birthday, Sean. Cheers. Hey. But as of recording this, it's uh, it's going to be tomorrow. But you've had a good day. It would it would seem. Yes, I've had a good day. Nice birthday tea. Had some pizza and some eating mass, and just had some just for Greg's benefits some. Uh, drumstick chewies, good stuff. Hey. Like chewy drumsticks, absolutely yeah. amazing. The best kind. Absolutely amazing. How are you doing, Ross? You've had a, a busy day, by the looks of it. Yeah, lots of streaming today. Uh, if you don't know what we're doing at the moment, Fingerguns is very proud to be a part of a Hero Up gaming campaign, which raises money for help for heroes. If you do want to get involved, um, I'll put a link in the description. If you do want to donate towards. The thing, it'd be £1, £2, £3, £4, £5, whatever you feel like donating. And we're going to be streaming an awful lot. Um, we've streamed already quite a bit this weekend. And we're going to be doing it some more this week, all in aid of Help for Heroes. 
So if you want to get involved, get involved. But yeah, other than that, I'm fine. My back's still playing up. I'm sitting up at the moment, which is uh, an upgrade, I guess. But it, yeah, not quite 100% comfortable yet. If I go mute for a prolonged period of time, it's me going, oh, fuck, it hurts. But hopefully that won't happen. So other than that, I'm really, really good. Right, let's crack Excellent. on with, thanks, man, with what we've been playing. So I'll go straight back to the start. Mr. Greg Hicks, what have you been playing this week? Mixed. Well, no, not really much of a mixed bag, actually. Um, I will say, though, I, and I know you guys have picked it up as well, I decided to dabble in Anthem because it was three ninety nine on PS4. It's really good. I can see why, like, Paul got frustrated with it. I've had, like, one connection issue so far, but that, that to me, says they've ironed it out a little bit. I'm really enjoying it. It is a, a looter shooter, and it's no different than Division. You know, it's a by-the-numbers squad shooter, really. But uh, I'm quite enjoying pooting around, flying around in me, um, in my javelin. Why are they called javelins, anyway? Is it meant to be because they fly and strike on the ground? I don't know. Because they travel fast in the sky or something. Uh, right, okay, fair enough. Mm. Uh, yeah, we've, uh, yeah. we've been streaming Anthem today, and we had... Yeah, the game crashed while we were streaming. <laughs> so nice. That was a problem, but good old Anthem. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. On. Otherwise, um, yeah, played some Gang Beast with you guys yesterday, which was hilarious. Oh man, that was so much fun. I whizzed through what remains of Edith Finch again because it's on Game Pass. So I thought this is a really sad and depressing game, but I want to get the achievements on it this time. So I sort of boshed that out in an afternoon. It's still, it's still a very good game. <laughs> still some, still some sad bits in there. Yeah, just been dabbling with some Resident Evil 2 again, just to get in practice for the third one on April the 3rd. Providing my postman doesn't catch anything and doesn't deliver it to me. Sure. Have you seen what Domino's are doing? No. They're, they're doing um, contact-free delivery. So what will happen is they'll what, go they to They put the pizza store. down and then run? <laughs> they literally put the pizza down on the uh, floor of someone's house. And they then they stand six feet back. <laughs> to confirm that they actually, you know, go and get the pizza, and then they then they leave. I presume they knock on the door first, not just shout. Well, yeah. Dude, I got your pizza, man. Hello. <laughs> just as they're driving away, just. <laughs> but yeah, it's quite an interesting. Uh, that's move pretty, I mean, delivery. I can see that's that's as a safety thing, that's pretty cool. But at the same time, it's also really absurd that they're playing knock knock goose or sorry, uh, like ding dong ditch with hot food. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and not running pay, away. You, yeah. You can't pay in cash either. You have to pay for it online. Or, hold, uh, hold, yeah. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What did you just call that? Ding dong ditch. Ding dong ditch, as in, or ding dong dash. Yeah, you knock on the door and run away. The fuck? It's called knock down ginger, man. What the hell? Knock down ginger. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. I know. Knock knock. What? What do you knock down their door? I mean, how fucking brutal is it in London that you're booting people's door down right away? It's just knock down ginger. That's what it was called. It's not called knock. Knock down ditch dinner, whatever you call it. Absolutely not. See, this isn't a thing in Stoke. You you knock on somebody's door and run, and they chase after you with a shotgun. So you just don't do it. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you both you know, sound like it's talking like a German because I don't Stoke, understand this. Stoke sounds like um like Escape from LA, except they haven't segregated you from the mainland. Yeah, yeah. It's just that nobody just, really wants to come here, and we can't afford to leave. Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it a bit like is it a bit like the whole under the dome thing? But there's the the dome is just in your mind. Like, yeah, it's you just a class of mind. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> people people don't want to leave Stoke because it's scary, and people don't want to come here because it's scary. So you know. Yeah, you're not really selling it as like a top tourist destination. We've got oat cakes, best food on the planet. But you know, that's about it. What do you call a bread roll? A bread roll. 
Oh, sorry. I like, fuck for that. I met some people from Whole Ones and they were calling him Baps. And we were like, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. We call him Baps too. But they, that's not a bread roll. That's a Bap. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not, sorry, not a bread roll. A Bap and a bread roll was the same thing to us. They were calling it a bread cake. What? Yeah, they were calling a Bap. Like, white, like a white Bap, a bread cake. Mm-hmm. And it's great because the bloke we were talking to was there with his wife. And he's like, no, these these are Baps pointing to her boobs. What, what, <laughs> what you put what you put in a, in a roll is a bread cake. I'm like, so you just called it a roll. No, it's a bread cake. Oh, fuck's sake. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I've been playing. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Uh, Mr. Paul Collins, what have or haven't you been playing this week? Well, I, uh, like Greg, I picked up Amazon for 3 dollars on, on Amazon Anthem. You picked up Amazon for three ninety nine. Yeah, oh, I mean, it says a bit cheap. I thought I'd get some shares in. You know. <laughs> Jeff Bezos is obviously ill and trying to sell it off cheap. Yeah, he's got the COVID and he goes, well, I want rid of it. Um, so no, I bought uh, Anthem three ninety nine because um, I, you know, I'm a man who likes to give things a second chance. I know I've been ranting and raving about it on the podcast for God knows how long. Um, so I thought I'd give it a go. So <laughs> I put a disc in and loaded it up, and what happened? I got a connection error. Um, so straight away I got to Twitter and had to go at EA and Bioware and saying you're fucking going to a bunch <laughs> of shit. Did that make you feel better for doing so? <laughs> yeah, well, a little bit. I mean, you know, it, it, it was just like I cannot believe it. Like, after all this time, it's, it's still fucked. But then I did actually get into the game and it's good fun. I, I can't ever no, like, not, not say that. It's a, it's a good game, but it's just so broken um, and so just fucked. It's unbelievable. So... But I'm, I'm now I have it. I'm now looking forward to the version 2.0, see if they can fix it and make it how it should be. So I've been playing that, streamed it earlier with you guys, um, and I've been playing Shenmue. So uh, that's fun. I'm getting near the end of the first one now, so that's good. Because I don't, I don't want to start the third one until uh, I've got the first two done. So that's my mission. Um, and that's about it, really. And some Division. We streamed some Division the other day, so I played that as well. That's good. Yeah, that was fun last night, too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, all of our streams that we've done so far are available on twitch.tv slash fingerguns.net. I recommend Gang Beasts and The Division. They're both oh, it's hilarious, isn't it? Very, very fun. So do check those out. Uh, Mr. Sean Davies, what have you been playing this week? Captain Davies. Captain Knowledge. Knowledge. Captain Man. Man of the people. Remix. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I guess. Um, I, Ross I... just broke then, I know. I do, like somebody Reboot, put a reboot, pound in the back reboot, reboot, error, error, error. Sorry. Shutting down. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, just learning to love. <laughs> uh, okay, so I've been playing quite a bit. I played, uh, and there's a review of this up on the site. It's called Color Slayer, and it's kind of like a 2D version of Beat Saber, only really bad. So. I, I say really bad, but even though I've reviewed it, I keep playing it, and I think it's because I want the Platinum Trophy, because um, I am a glutton for punishment, but yeah. It, it's £1.60 odd on the PlayStation Store, and it will kill a couple of hours, so if you want to, you know, but it's just it's not good. So last week we were talking about the PS2, and I was trying to think of a couple of games while we were on the podcast that I couldn't remember off the top of my head, and I remember a game called uh, .hack GU Last Recode had been released, and it's like a remaster of some of the ps2 games so the dot hat games um and they're like a um cyber version of dark cloud so you you know you play as this guy who's who's playing inside a, a virtual world and his friend gets killed within the game and goes into a coma and in the outside world so you play as this character trying to investigate the death they're like the coma of your friend who's been 
killed in game and then gone into a coma outside. And uh, I remember really enjoying it as a kid, but I can't actually remember a single thing about it. So I decided to play it, and it's pretty good actually. Um, it's a I, I looked at some of the great the graphics from the original on YouTube, and it's a really good remaster too. So if you were on the bubble about that, and if I mean this is like a super niche game, but if if you did manage to play the original, I know I loved it back as, as a kid, but I genuinely can't remember much about it. So this this remaster is kind of actually really impressive. I've been playing something called Super Destronaut Land Wars, which is like a really crap version of Doom set in a neon world. And it's like Cross with Tron. It's from Rattalika. It's the same guys that did the um, Space Invaders ripoff called Super Destronauts. And this is just another ripoff. And there'll be a review on the website on Monday afternoon. So if you want to go and check out my full thoughts on that, you can do. Um, I've been playing something called Gigantosaurus the Game, which I can't talk about. I've been playing something called TT Isle of Man 2 Ride on the Edge, which I, again, can't talk about. I've been playing My Friend Pedro, Wee. which is freaking awesome. Yeah, it, it's a lot easier than I thought it was going to be, which is... Try getting S ranks. I, I haven't really thought about getting the rankings. I've just been kind of just going through and... Oh, yeah, like <laughs> and... casually, it's quite good fun, isn't it? It's if you want to get multipliers and combos and stuff, then it gets a bit tougher. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just wanted to get to the end to see what, what happened. Because, it, it, like, despite it being mostly about the action, there's actually, like, some cool story going on in the background. I get the feeling. I mean, it might turn out to be total gash by the end of, of the, um, the story. But, you know... Oh, you're not finished this, it yet? No, so at this point, it feels like there's something cool going on. But I'm I, I kind of maybe building that up in my brain. Am I going to be really disappointed? No, no. The last level just peaked of all of them. Awesome. Okay, I will... I will continue. I've been playing Dead End Job because there's a new patch out, which adds some new items. So, yes, still a great game. And today I started Life is Strange 2, which I've had on my PlayStation 4 for a long time. And it's really good. Like, really good. My wife and I sat down and played episode one. And for the first time ever, she's kind of asked, can she play these games? So, I, I don't know if you've known the story, but it's it's about you know a completely different family that all the production values have been like upscaled massively from the first season, and um, before the storm, it just it it's really cool, and it tells a pretty damn good story, and it touches on some pretty hardcore subjects. Uh, so the main characters are Mexicans in America, and obviously it's around 2017 time, so you know there's a whole lot of build the wall stuff going on in this game and uh yeah i kind of understand why people were saying it's such a big deal now and the performances are really good so i'm really looking forward to playing the rest of the game um and i don't know if you remember that captain the amazing adventures of captain spirit which was like the demo yes so that kind of ties into everything post episode one so if you do if you want to play this i highly advise people play uh, life is strange too but like Make sure you played Captain Spirit first because that does help. Um, so me and me and the wife have had to go back to do Captain Spirit because we didn't do it before episode two. So yeah, a big list of lots of variable games and obviously Gang Beast and all that kind of stuff with that with with you guys. And yeah, so it's been a busy week as always, I guess. Nice. What have you been playing, Roscoe? Fortnite, by any chance? Yeah, yeah, a bit of Fortnite, a lot of Fortnite, too much Fortnite. Got to stop. 
the con. It's yeah, it's keeping me entertained, you know, in this very weird period. I like uh, still going through the battle passes and things and just breaking out new challenges and stuff. Getting Deadpool things, that's fun. I don't think the uh, the unlock for his skin is too far out now. Each week there's a different challenge to unlock it. You just got to keep going with it. I've got his katanas. They look really cool. So that's it, really. I'm really I'm saying much else. Oh, fair enough. I did I did watch um, <laughs> uh, watch some of the stream earlier and the the new so like the NPCs they actually look pretty cool. That was the first time I've actually seen uh, like anybody play Fortnite since the updates because it's uh, everybody in my house has stopped playing it for some reason. So. Mm. I've not seen anything of this season, and uh, it looked pretty cool. So I think I'm actually going to jump on again. Yeah, the henchmen and stuff are fun. It means you know they're they're all protecting really good loot. So yeah, the braver you are to go and take them on, and there's a boss in each of those areas as well. Then uh, yeah, you'll get the card that you need to unlock the vault, which will give you the loot. So it's fun. That's just a different layer of something to do whilst you're running around. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. You so, kicked some ass today as well. So well done. Oh thank you. Thank you. Yeah, got very close on the on, on the last one, but never mind. <sighs> I'm playing. Oh, we're playing Wonderling. That's uh, a fun, funky little two D platformer, which is available now. Uh, my review is up now on Fingerguns.net for that one, and I scored it quite favourably. It's a it's a fun little time. You play as a, an NPC who gets brought back to life by the game's villain, and the challenge is for you to go and take down the hero of the game, which is always fun, and it's a nice twist on the uh, the genre and. Highly recommended, and that's about it, really. I'm really playing an awful lot this week, aside from uh, aside from Wonderling, keeping up with the reviews and stuff, and and Fortnite. Shall I cheer myself up with a quiz? Oof. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most exhilarating, most exciting, most electrifying video game quiz in all the world. Hosting the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. Lock up your daughters. Hold on to your butts and go absolutely uptown Funkatron for the smoothest can in the entire podcast cosmos. It's the knowledge himself, Mr. Sean Davies! <sighs> that intro never gets old, does it? Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? Um, and what people don't know is your, your squeaky impression that we always cut out. It's fantastic. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, I just sound crazy now. Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's trivia challenge. Uh, this week it's all about Grand Theft Auto. All about Grand Theft Auto. Oh, such a poor bias. Well, you know. Oh, I doubt he, it. Come on, man. He is. He is seriously lagging behind in this. Who's winning currently? Greg. To be fair, um, I have missed out like two quizzes, so you know. Turned out uh, Greg was a Pokemon wizard. Pokemon Apprentice Wizard, I think. I wasn't that good. I just got lucky on some of them. A lot of them I just remember from the early days of the TV show. I didn't get a, a reply from anybody who got less than you guys. So well done for setting the base mark for everybody to, to beat. <laughs> so let's do this. Uh, if you've never done this quiz before, I'm going to ask the guys 10 questions and towards the end of the, the podcast, we'll get the answers and we will see which one of these guys gets the most. I've also got an awesome tiebreaker this week, which I might ask you anyway. <laughs> okay. So question one, the protagonist in Grand Theft Auto Vice City, Tommy Vicetti, was voiced by which actor? So question one, the protagonist in Grand Theft Auto Vice City, Tommy Vicetti, was voiced by which actor? Oh, I know that one. 
reasonably easy one to start off with. Cool. I'm off the mark. Okay. That's cool with me. Catch you later. Paul, Paul, Paul don't say it. I, I won't say it, but just keep them that, that level of difficulty, please, and that'd be quite okay. Okay. Thanks. Uh, question two. At the beginning of Grand Theft Auto 3, which character asks you to drive a car because their hands are all messed up? Was it A, Claude, B, Abel, or C, Catalina? So question two, at the beginning of Grand Theft Auto 3, which character asks you to drive a car because your hands are all messed up? Is it A, Claude, B, Abel, or C, Catalina? Okay. Question three. In Grand Theft Auto V, each character sleeps for a different amount of time when saving the game. Which character sleeps for the longest time when saving? Is it Michael, Franklin, or Trevor? Oh, that's just a stupid, stupid question. I mean, that's quite a good effort of detail, but honestly, don't know. Well, you've got a one in three chance of getting it right, then, don't you? In question three, in Grand Theft Auto V, each character sleeps for a different amount of time when saving the game. Which character sleeps for the longest time? Is it Michael, Franklin, or Trevor? If you have to guess, you have to guess. I am. Okay. Question four. The two expansions to the original Grand Theft Auto were set in which real-world city? The original Grand Theft Auto. The original Grand Theft Auto. Is it two expansions? There was. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Question uh... for... The two expansions to the original Grand Theft Auto were set in which real-world city? One was set in 1961, and one was set in 1969. Okay, question five. Grand Theft Auto 4 had a anti-piracy measure which removed what from all vehicles if the game detected that it was a copy? Question five. Grand Theft Auto 4 had an anti-piracy measure which removed what from all vehicles if the game detected that it was a copy? You might know this because it was a big deal back in the day. Okay. Question... Six. In Grand Theft Auto 2, what saying was displayed on the screen if you ran over a line of Elvis impersonators with a car without braking? Question six. Can you have put the bloody monks one instead? No. <laughs> Question six, in Grand Theft Auto 2, what saying was displayed on the screen if you ran over a line of Elvis impersonators with a car without braking? Uh, 
Okay, question seven. In Grand Theft Auto V, what is the name of Franklin and Lamar's dog? Is it A, dog? Is it B, little homie? Or C, chop? <laughs> question seven. In Grand Theft Auto V, what is the name of Franklin and Lamar's dog? Is it A, dog? Is it B, little homie? Or is it C, chop? Okay, question eight. What is the name of the soda that can be found in shops and on billboards in Grand Theft Auto 4 and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas? Is it Liberty Cola? Snuff or Sprunk? I actually knew that one. Wow. I'd even written it down before you said it. Excellent. Uh, question 8. What is the name of the soda that can be found in shops and all billboards in Grand Theft Auto 4 and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas? Is it Liberty Cola, Snuff or Sprunk? Question 9. In Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, what is the colour used by CJ's gang? In question 9. In Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, what is the colour used by CJ's gang? This is a very quiet quiz. Is everyone Googling? <laughs> <laughs> and finally, question 10. What was the name of the studio that designed the original Grand Theft Auto before it became Rockstar North? You get a bonus point if you know what they developed before that. No. No. Only because I've asked you that as a quiz question before. <laughs> uh, question 10. What was the name of the studio that designed the original Grand Theft Auto before it became Rockstar North? Ah, nearly said it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was all 10 questions. And do you know what? I'm going to save the tiebreaker until later and we'll do it for fun if nobody gets, if nobody gets it, just in case. How did you find that one? Yes. Uh, shit. Of course, he said shit. Of course. Uh, we'll get 10 out of 10 now. No, sorry, Ross. Sorry. Sorry, Greg. That's it now. Yeah. He's won. Oh, you're such a bunch of lamos. <laughs> That's probably the mildest you've ever been. Like, not swearing. Lamos, yeah. He's in a good mood. He played Anthem earlier and enjoyed it. So it's like. No. Uh, it's like Scrooge when he wakes up the next morning. He's just got a whole new outlook on life. Hey, boy, what day is it? You, Lamo, what day is it? <laughs> My God, they did it all in one season. <laughs> Lamo, yesterday I would have called you a twat. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, shut up. Right, let's get into some news. And it's been another very busy week in the world of gaming. Primarily... The most important thing, E3 has been officially cancelled, along with a few other events such as EGX, 
resed. I'm going to read the statement from the ESA now regarding E3 over at Eurogamer. After careful consultation with our member companies regarding the health and safety of everyone in our industry, our fans, our employees, our exhibitors, and our longtime E3 partners, we have made the difficult decision to cancel E3 2020, scheduled for June 9th to the 11th in Los Angeles. Following increased and overwhelming concerns about the COVID-19 virus, we felt this was the best way to proceed during such an unprecedented global situation. We are very disappointed that we are unable to hold this event for our fans and supporters, but we know it's the right decision based on the information we have today. We are also exploring options with our members to coordinate an online experience to showcase industry announcements and news in June 2020. Updates will be shared on e3expo.com. So it's not a massive surprise that this has happened, but it is still quite shocking. I mean, it's the biggest one that's... uh, it's well it's the first e3 that's ever been cancelled so it leaves a big gap in the industry sean what do you think this could do to the industry as a whole do you think that e3 is done now do you think a lot of developers will find will use e3 as a way to find different ways to navigate themselves towards publishers instead or are we is it just a big fuss over nothing at all take it this this is a this is a huge huge deal and maybe maybe in a couple of years time you know, this will be one of those things that we look back on. Probably this this month and a couple of other months this year will be hugely important for gaming in general because E3, despite the fact that, you know, most of us moan about how crap it is and how, how much it's been going down the pan, there is a lot of stuff that goes on behind closed doors that, you know, we don't get to moan about because we don't see it. But all of that stuff isn't going to happen this year. All of the stuff that we we did moan about will still happen so we will still get shows you know everyone who is going to do a show will likely do their own show the same as they do for you know gamescom and those kind of you know they'll still do a version of their press conference where they'll announce everything and you know they, they just don't need to invite everyone into the same room it's the behind closed doors it's the game signing it's the feedback sessions with you know potential reviewers for games that are coming out and things they can change there's there's so few games are going to get signed on the back of e3 and their activities this year that you know it's it's likely to have far-reaching implications for a couple of years there there are indie devs there are you know aa devs that were looking for publishing partners that were going to pitch at e3 and it's strange that if you've been following some of the big guys in this industry, this, you know, like, for example, Mike Bithell, um, I get the feeling that he was he was shopping something around at E3 and probably GDC. And obviously, he's not going to be able to. You know, the, the, his, his accountant slash business partner tweeted out this week onto Plan D. And that's, that's the kind of situation that these developers have found themselves in. You know, they're opportunities have been removed because of this virus and it's a massive massive shame because a you know triple a development will continue you know things will get more difficult for those guys because they won't have this big show where they'll be able to put the game in front of a lot of people and get a lot of positive press as, as per usual but also for the smaller devs it's going to be really tough you know it's it's going to those that don't have deals those that were, were going there to pitch that that opportunity's gone. So this 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 period, the closed E3, the closed EGX Rest, because EGX Rest had this um, you know, and, and that is postponed to the summer. So, you know, fingers crossed in the summer 
you know the same thing is going to happen. But if for those for those indie devs that you know had planned their burn rate around potentially getting signed within the next couple of months, it just means that you know that burn rate's probably going to run out and the money's going to be gone and potentially games not being made that probably could have you know been really really good. So we're, it's it's a weird situation that we're in now where the, the the industry is trying to compensate for the fact that a lot of games that you know would usually get showings would get pitched they're trying to find different ways to do that and so far it looks like the best way to do that is is via the internet but there's a lot of people just don't trust the internet to you know if you're gonna if you're talking million pound budgets you don't really want to do that over a skype conversation do you because you don't know the other person on the line you don't trust them enough to you know talk those big numbers it's it's a real real big kick in the industry's teeth for this this next couple of years and you know, we might not see it immediately, but in a couple of years' time, there might be a bit of a, a bit of a lull in indie game releases, and that'll be a major shame. So yeah, it is a big deal. For for E three, they'll come back, you know, so long as this isn't, you know, a massive thing and, and I think those people in previous years that have said cancel E three, it's crap, have been the most vocal minorities about it not happening this year. You know, they've been like, Well, I'm gonna miss E three this year despite moaning that it even existed last year so you know it's a fickle it's a fickle group and but we'll see but i i I think e3 will come back and i think this might be the opportunity they need to change and i doubt they've got enough time to do something extravagant like the virtual e3 that i've been telling them to do for years but you know at least they'll be able to try and put some some kind of contingency together should this ever happen and maybe that would be better than what they're they're currently planning because I said last year, there's no point anymore in bringing all these people together under one roof. Because, uh, especially now, when you know you don't want to give anyone anything. So, mm. fingers crossed. Yeah, it's interesting how, you know, the biggest advocates for the E3 stopping are normally ones that won't be attending it anyway, and will sit on the side and watch it at home like we do. Yeah. So from their angle, nothing has really changed. I mean, we're still going to see the big thing about E3 is obviously those big press conferences, and they aren't going to disappear anytime soon. No, you know? no, and, and you know, it's there's a bit of an issue for for games media in general because quite a lot of games media make their money from game events. So, you know, outside of our little bubble where we're not taking cash uh, off people for whatever reason, and we're not doing advertising, and we're not doing paid you know gambling linked pages and whatnot that a lot of the games press get a lot of money from coverage of events and some other websites that i've i've been i've talked to for for years they they get paid to go and play games at e3 and then write about them that you know the publisher says here's 50 pounds you come to an appointment you write up about it and they do the same for gamescom and they do for the you know for, for like packs and things like that so that is is a major source of income for the writers and for the websites. So, you know, you can understand why some of these people who, you know, the the, the vocal minority have been moaning about it not happening um, because, you know, it is a massive impact to their bottom line. Um, But you're right, most of the people that have been moaning about it not happening this year are the ones it will least affect. You know, those people like me, you, anyone who was going to be sitting at home in the middle of the night watching stupid video game conferences with cheesy people on stage... It, nothing will change we'll still get all of that <laughs> just without you know having to feel bad about not being in la you know 
shaking unwashed hands. I'm going to miss uh, Ubisoft's Just Dance routines. I think they'll do it anyway. You think? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they can self-isolate in, in E3 now. You know, they can have the entire E3 as just, just Dance Conference <laughs> because no one else will be there. It's fantastic. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Greg, where do you see this happening now? I mean, we look at what E3 is. You know, it's a it's a global kind of like three-day event, but primarily it's about at least for a lot of people, it's a way for developers to show off what they're doing and for a way to get investors into things. You know, we look at, say, Shenmue. You know, Shenmue was on the PlayStation stage and Shenmue 3 became a Kickstarter. Are we going to see a kind of a, a step back from developers announcing things at E3 and just using their own social platforms to uh, to just get the word out instead? Or are companies going to still rely on that, that, that kind of June timeline to reveal their stuff in a big event or a big online event? It's certainly going to open up that possibility now, isn't it? If with E3 being cancelled, that a lot of developers and publishers might just decide to launch their own, like you say, like their own showcase events kind of thing. But the problem is, if they if if one does it and then ten do it, is are people going to get bored with having to tune in every week to a different publisher? Or you know, is it going to be affected by people cherry picking the ones they want to see? Like I'm not going to watch a Fortnite announcement, but I'll watch a Resi announcement, that kind of thing. So. I don't know. I still think trying to keep it together as one big platform and having the numbers watching it might help instead of like disbanding it into many different sort of avenues. I don't really know. It's 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 not what to try and call. Like because Xbox do theirs separately, don't they? Yeah, I mean they do it within the time frame of E3. But yeah, yeah that's, they... that's what I mean. So if they keep it all like a week of different developers, maybe that might sort of still branch that gap. Like still in that E3 period. But if it becomes like over the course of like a month or they keep trying to drop them when they want, because June is normally the time to get people hyped for games for Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's what we used to. We know yeah, that now. Yeah, exactly. Know. That's the standard we know. Like summer's a bit weak for games, but we get all the hype for what to look forward to. So if it does open up the door for publishers to do it earlier, then are people going to be still interested? Or are they going to forget the games are coming out down the line if they do it too soon? Yeah, so I don't know. It's it's a hard one to call. I mean, we talked about this last time, didn't we? When we kind of Nostradamus E3 being cancelled and that kind of thing. So I I don't honestly know. It's it's a tough one to call. I mean, yeah. it like I said, it does give them free reign to start picking and choosing what they want to show instead of like pressure of being on at E3 and you must give us a top tier game now. But then is it going to dilute the impact of the, the games they reveal if they're going to be you know whatever they want to throw at us? Yeah, I mean that's. I mean the big thing this year. I think Jason Schreier talked about this on Twitter. Was that Warner Brothers were going to have a conference? Yeah, and possible Batman launch. Like, yeah, I mean we're we're going to see Court of Owls. Um, if it is Court of Owls, it looks like it is Court of Owls, and Harry Potter, and very possibly that rock the Rocksteady game. Mm. So, I mean, Paul, I mean, is this? Those are three games that I know you'd be well, maybe not Potter, but I know you're. I know you love Rocksteady and Warner Brothers as a whole. I mean, if you as a consumer would you be that fussed if they just announced it on twitter or would you want to see it in a big event to make a really big deal out of it does it need the big excitement of e3 in order to generate that buzz i don't know there's two ways to look at this because especially like if you've got something like uh microsoft's presentations although not strictly always at e3 they're full of nothing do you know what i mean oh there's a car on the stage oh look here's somebody presenting something um and then you get like world premiere repeated a million times and you just get like glimpses of trailers it doesn't really do anything for me and if you look at especially when microsoft uh released the xbox one x they had an event that was streamed and it was so low-key i don't know if you remember we were all watching it together uh, and literally nothing happened it's like here's the xbox one x 
wow. And it was just lost. So in a part like the, the big fanfare and that I don't think is necessary. But like, if you're going to have like a streaming thing, you, you can't have it just this, these events where the presenters are trying to force excitement and it's just awful to watch. It's uncomfortable to watch. And uh, I don't like them. E3 has not been the same since a bit of a sort of downgrade in who's exhibiting at E3. Back in the day, do you remember when you should get like the 3DS and there's one under the chair, that kind of thing? It's a big fanfare. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. But it's not like that anymore. It's more like, hey, check out his world premiere and it's just a quick glimpse of something or a pre rendered scene. It's all very pointless. Um, but if they're going to do like these streams, uh, fine. But please, please, please make them kind of comfortable to watch, like the Nintendo Directs, where it's not uh, a live audience and he's these crazy presenters all like all jazzed up on coffee trying to make you know feign excitement when there's no excitement to be had it's awful so um yeah um they have to do it correct they have to do it in the right way uh, to keep keep the watchers engaged i mean yes people want to see the premieres of batman i'd love to see that i'd love to see the new uh, rock city game not fast about harry potter but if i have to sit through a half an hour to an hour of just bullshit chats and crap then i'll probably just switch off and catch it on youtube the next day i'm not that i'm not that fussed you know what i mean so unless it's a really big deal and it's done presented in a really good way i don't i, I think they need e3 because that kind of keeps people watching when they're left to their own devices for the shorter thing which they, they try to jazz up then it's just awful so if they're gonna anything's been cancelled anyway so there's no there's no option there but if they're going to do these streams game revealed via a stream please 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 make them just about the games and not about a load of fluff on the edges it's just not needed are you saying you don't you don't like mr caffeine no <laughs> i don't like <laughs> any of it i may I'm, i may be the old grumpy one but you've got all these people going yeah look at this it's the xbox one x is so amazing but it's not you know <laughs> It's just, it's just a fucking Xbox. Shut up. It's just, please, you know. You mean you, you don't lose your shit when they have an influencer on stage who's got like twenty thousand followers? Absolutely not. So get rid of the fucking influencers. That's what's killing me. <laughs> keep, keep, keep to the low budget podcast like ours because we are real gamers. Yeah. <laughs> and also donate to help the heroes as well. Wow. How dare you call me a gamer? We are so dirty. <laughs> yeah, so what you're saying is, you know, Nintendo Directs are the way forward for everyone. I think so, because they're quite subtle. It's just uh, very, very kind of subtle introductions to new games, new news, and, and it, it's nice. It's digestible, whereas all this kind of blitz and glamour and lights and music and live this and live that and fucking influencer over there and influencer over there. They've all got the same haircut. Nah, fuck it. Let's just have the games, man. I think, I think the only thing that will really suffer from uh, not actually having a, a a trade show as such to go to would be actually playing the games and then like i know there's a couple of games i played at uh, egx i wouldn't have bought or been interested in had i not played like blasphemous i was on the fence about table manners when it comes out you know had i not played it i might not have been interested valfaris you know i think that's the only thing that might really suffer is the impact of actually playing a game and how it will sway people to buy them yeah that's fair i mean i was talking last week about how i wasn't all that excited about final fantasy 7 until i played it yeah exactly and I was like, "Damn, I need that." Yeah, game. well, that that was that was it for me at, uh, at EGX. I was still like, "Oh, I'm sure it'll be good," and all that kind of stuff. I'm a bit cautious about how it's going to play out. And then I actually played it, and it's like, oh, "Okay, yeah, sold." Stupid price model, be damned. Yeah. So, do you think we'll see a um, 
Sean sort of finishing up with you, do you think we'll see if everyone does go to this digital Twitch platform, will it be under an E3 umbrella? Will we see like E3 presents a Ubisoft Direct? Do you I, think they'll still try and claim ownership in some way over events that are going on that time? I think that obviously E3 is actually just basically the culmination and publishers. Most of the people who have input into E3 are the guys that show at E3. So I think I think in their best interests, the publishers all should want to have this, you know, combined week where they concentrate news. It just means that, you know, everybody can staff up, all these websites can staff up and make sure they've got people to cover everything. And, you know, if they can if they can do it right, it means that everyone gets their headlines. Because that's one of the things that people don't like about E3, right, at the minute is the fact that something gets announced and then 10 minutes later it's forgotten news because there's there's more. It's the, you know, it, it's always the same every year. You know, it's so hard to keep up. Whereas I think if they could do it digitally, it might even be better that way. So, yeah, I, I think I think they will try to do a digital E3. I think it serves everyone to try and keep this as like a game of Christmas. But I think once publishers realise that, you know, we don't need e3 to deliver our news and you know sony's already there sony are just dropping their you know console details on a in a rando website you know, they, they've realized that actually nobody gives a shit about e3 anymore it's it's gonna end up with lots and lots of different game of christmases probably i i doubt they're gonna try and get away from delivering everything in one go but i don't think all the publishers will agree on when which will be a shame because I get the feeling that yeah. some publishers will want to do it later in the year. It's kind of never made sense to do it in June, if I'm honest. <laughs> you know, if they, you think about it, you could do it a bit later in the year. You could basically make the most of, you know, the Christmas hype. You know, buy this console because all of these games are coming to it next year, which doesn't make sense to do it in June. But, you know, we'll see. I'm hopeful that E3 stays around because, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a cultural landmark for gamers. Um, yeah. I said that word again. I'm so sorry. That's twice. It's a cultural landmark for people who like electronic ent- entertainment. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it yes. and but it, it is a dinosaur, and you know Sony and Nintendo, and you know Focus even Focus Home Interactive, they've started doing their own you know shows and stuff. So it, it is a dinosaur, and it needs to move on. And this might be the kick up arse it, it needs. So we'll, we'll see. Game uh, game industry enthusiast. Thank you very much. <laughs> game industry enthusiast. Uh, I'm going to start calling you an insider. The highest of high insults <laughs> to anyone. <laughs> Oof. Oh, God, my heart. Uh, right, let's talk about Naughty Dog. Because Naughty Dog have been in the kennel this week. Oh. <sighs> oh. Absolutely terrible. How do you say oh, I get it? because <laughs> dogs are sleeping what's happened basically is uh, on the eve of the last of us 2 which isn't that far away now may 29th it's coming up very very soon it was revealed by uh, the king of the reveals mr jason Schreier over at kotaku that there's been a significant amount of crunch over at naughty dog for the last of us 2 now we've talked a lot about crunch on the podcast there's not really a huge amount to go into but it just means that Naughty Dog has almost sort of gone into emergency mode this week. And as we've seen a lot of their developers bigging up the company, bigging up Neil Druckmann and everything, and it's all been a bit weird. And obviously they're all working on, on The Last of Us 2, which is a game that everybody wants to play. Uh, but it does seem it's come at the uh, cost of 
the health and well-being of some of their staff. Now, I go to Greg. Is this was this surprising news for you? This thing, in my mind, Naughty Dog has always been that team that have been very well. They always look after their sort of developers really well. They've always had a good reputation for looking after their staff. Or and with developers having to tolerate or kind of enjoy crunch in a weird way, they're not getting paid for the extra work they're doing. I mean, what's your what, what was your kind of reaction to this, and what do you think this this might mean for kind of like the future of AAA games? The more people kind of like fight back against developers that crunch their team members like this. I'm always a bit on the fence with this kind of thing because. You've got to wonder how much of it is usually true. Now, I'm not going to say that these people are making it up or this kind of stuff. I'm just always a bit curious as to how much of it is actual crunch and how much of it is actual, like, adhering to a deadline. Has anyone else other than it was, uh, what's he called, just reading it now, Jonathan Cooper, come forward about it? He's, he's the uh, one from Naughty Dog, isn't he? The, the animation director chap. Uh, yes, the former. Former, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has anyone else from Naughty Dog come forward with it? Well, uh, Shreya obviously spoke to i think 13 current and former developers they didn't get permission to speak to the press directly so they spoke to shrier anonymously uh-huh and how much of that is proof like how much of that is is real is what i'm saying i mean i mean it's a it's a grain of salt thing i guess but i personally i've always trusted shrier to deliver because that's what he does you know that's why he's got that reputation as being yeah but then kataku always jump on the kataku always jump on any kind of story like that don't they like if it's anything Again, I'm not going to start hating on or anything like that, but if anything is like, oh, uh, developers made a derogatory comment about LGTB uh, trans, anything like that, Kotaku is always the one that jumps on it. Same as Polygon as well. I've always been a bit like, oh, give it a rest with these inflammatory stories. So I don't, it's not like I don't like Direction Shry as well. I just, I'm, I'm like you say, the grain of salt thing. I'm always a bit like, okay, right. Is it actually crunch or are they just having a bit of a whinge because it's it's nearly deadline time? And I'm not suggesting that it's that at all, like, People just man up and make a game. I, I just there are reports of it coming from other developers as well, so I'm never sure whether to take it as as truth or people just not used to whip cracking. I know people like animators and uh, level designers come and go, like asset designers. They come and go. They're they're essentially like freelance, aren't they? They're hired and then they they make the game and then they go off to other pastures. How much of that is not just a cup like a someone on their first time or their fifth time on a on a game development? And it's just a bit harder than they expect. I, I don't know. And again, I'm not trying to sound like a like a seasoned veteran, like I know everything and, oh, well, maybe they just shut up and get on with it. It's just, I'm, I find it hard to believe sometimes that it is as bad as everyone makes out. Like the Red Dead one, that was pretty shocking, wasn't it? You know, people having to sleep on floors and the Hauser brothers not being as kind bosses as they were made out to be, that kind of stuff. I, I don't know. If it is, then it sucks. But if it's just a case of like, no, come on, we've got a deadline to reach and the game's coming out. Let's pick our feet up. Then uh, maybe maybe they thought they were comfortably far enough ahead and they've done QA testing and they've gone, oh, shit, need to do this again. And yeah, that's that sucks. But then it, it is maybe like the rod for their own back. They, they've hyped this game up so much for this release date that's already been put back once. And then, yeah, at the same time, you shouldn't push people if you can't deliver on time. So that does suck. But I'm just still... I don't know, unless anyone has a fly-on-the-wall footage of people being worked into these states. I, I'm never sure what to believe. I, again, that's not me dismissing it all. I, I don't know how to say that without sounding comfortable and going, nah, they're all making it up. If it is if it is real crunch oh, and it's that bad, then yeah, that's that's lame. And no one should be put through that to put out a game just for gamers. I'm sure they can wait a bit longer, you know. And there was all talk about, um, if you are listening to this, you, you should find that Jonathan Cooper thread on Twitter. Um, I'll stick a link to it in the uh, description. You can give it a read. 
There's one very telling line in there that said, if the management was right, The Last of Us would have been out a year ago, which is really interesting. Um, it, it, it's The thread is very inflammatory towards Naughty Dog's um, executives and also the juniors. Not so much the kind of group in between, just like the higher ups and you know the lower the lowly sort of freelancers. Um, Sean, did you see the thread? Do you have any kind of like theories or opinions on it? And did you have you checked out Jason's article? I've I've checked out both, and I I don't like crunch. I think it's a product of bad planning, but also game development isn't the only industry with crunch. I don't think there is an industry, a creative one, even. You know, like working in the in the NHS. You know, last month I had three days off total, and I work in the admin department of a cardiology part of the hospital. Like that was crunch. We had a deadline, we had to hit it, and that that was crunch. But it wasn't an in in game, and and you know there wasn't anybody outside, you know, with a picket fence, you know, arguing our case. We have a union. The union's okay with it. With a picket fence. With a no. <laughs> Picket line. Picket line. A picket line. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a picket fence makes it sound so romantic. It does. <laughs> hey naughty dog, look how nice we've painted our picket fence. <laughs> I think I think when you when you go to th- this isn't the first time I've heard about Crunch at Naughty Dog. And I heard somebody go from from Naughty Dog to EA for less crunch, which is <laughs> Uh, yeah, but then there's, there's a lot of things that, you know, isn't mentioned in a lot of this. So after crunch, most developers get comp time, which is time off to recover from crunch. And I understand and I think I think it comes with the territory and it shouldn't because, you know, I, I say that, uh, that crunch is a product of bad planning, but sometimes it's a product of people being too good at the jobs. So, for example, you know, you get a brilliant animator you get a brilliant level designer and you want the game to be as and everybody in the team wants it to be the best it can be i don't think anyone's ever sat down and gone i want to make a shit game but everyone in that team wants to make it the best they can do and if they are the best at what they do they want them there all the time and these these issues with with having a deadline and a budget you can't just throw more staff at it and that's in any in any industry you know like if you if you have a process or, or a situation, you can't just throw more people at it if it, it, in in a heated in a tight situation because you have to train those people. You know they have to get up to speed. Sometimes the best thing to do is just get your head down and get it done. And you know with, with like Rockstar and with you know EA and with Naughty Dog, they are making games which they want to hit a 90 metacritic and sell millions they want to make masterpieces and i think when you sign up to one of these teams you're expected to be you know the best and they're going to want you there all the time and i I think you know it is a all of this crunch is a product of bad planning if you can get the right people in and enough people you can deliver on time and under budget but you know game dev is like any artistic and this isn't even the worst of it you think about what's his face the guy who made the witness What's his name? Jonathan Blow. Yeah, he, he strapped a catheter to his leg so he could finish the witness. You know, that's that was because he wanted it done. You know, that was his... his un- and people are saying, you didn't need to do that. And he was like, no, but I wanted to because, you know, I wanted it done. It was my passion project. And a lot of people come out from Naughty Dog and gone, yeah, there's crunch, but nobody asks us to do it. We just want to do it. We want to make the best game possible. That, but yeah, that to me says deadline, yeah, not crunch. And, 
I get that not everybody wants to do crunch. Like not everybody wants to spend all day every day at the game studio, and that is, and people should be allowed to go home and not feel like shit the next day. They shouldn't come into people going. And this is one of the lines that pissed me off about the whole article is when they come back and they go, God damn it, man, why weren't you here at 11 o'clock last night? We could have had this done this morning. That's wrong. But I totally understand the other person's thing because they were there till 11, wanting it you know, to, to progress. So it's it's one of those things where I think it, the management, you know, they from, from the article, it sounds like they, they tried their best to plan it and it all went pear-shaped after some testing and after a, a deadline was put back. But similarly, when you, when you work in these studios, you know they, you are trying to create a, an absolute masterpiece, and you know you are expected to be there, and it's it's sucky. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can I can I butt in here, please? Yeah, Krishka. So look, right, if they, if they, if people have been asked to like sleep on the floor and stuff, that's outrageous. But being, being a graphic designer in the print industry, um, there's always deadlines. Now I've never once. You know, if I have to stay late, sometimes I'll stay till 12 o'clock because something's got to go to print. If you don't go to print, don't get delivered, and then that's game over. So I've stayed at work till 12 o'clock sometimes to get the work done. It's not because um, they're slaving me to, like, do this stuff. It's because it has to get done. If it doesn't get done, I get in shit. Everyone else gets in shit. The company doesn't make any money, and the client doesn't get their work. So, like, it, you know, I, I don't, I've never even heard of the word crunch. It just seems like a natural thing to do. If you've got a deadline, then you have to work late work overtime whatever it is to get that work done i don't, I don't know why there's so much you know sympathy for, I mean, for the game industry because it happens in every industry and and you know like i said i mean the print industry is especially tough because the printers have to get the paper the ink they have to get the machines running and then they have to wait for the files to be delivered they have to run it off cut it trim it pack it stitch it up if, they, if it's folded uh, and then ship it off it has to be it's a tight schedule. And if it doesn't meet that set schedule, then fucking shit hits a fan. So people do stay late. And it's not because the, the, the bosses of the company are slave drivers and cracking a whip. It's because everyone knows in the industry that if, you know, there's deadlines. There's always deadlines. And, um, you know, I don't understand why gamers are getting such a ump about it. I, I, you know, like I said, if they're sleeping on the floor and things like that, then that's just pathetic. They shouldn't be doing that. But if they've got to stay late or work harder to get deadlines done, then it's a standard procedure, surely. I think a lot of the, and, and this is where I kind of agree with it, because when you think about the amount of crunch that game dev is, like for me and you, like we'll have maybe a month of really hard time. Then the deadline's gone and we can go back to, you know, 8-4 or whatever. But for, for some game developers, it's forever. You know, like Rockstar was like 12 months of crunch. And that, you know, when people were sleeping on the floor and stuff, that's insane. That is really bad. Mm. This isn't on the same level as Naughty Dog. And I, you know, 13 developers spoke out. Not all of them were negative. And, you know, Jason Schreier's pulled quotes. Um, a couple of them don't seem at all negative. Like, they're not asking you to crunch. They just want to work. And that, you know, that's... a lot like... I mean, I've not read the article, but it sounds a lot like sort of like a clickbait type thing. Because, you know, oh, wow, Naughty Dog are meant to be great. But look at these people slaving away. I mean, no, no seriously, man. It's just... It seems like a... a just some clickbait thing, you know. And like, like Greg said, unless there's a fly on the wall and someone actually been there and seen how... If it's really bad, then we'll never know. We could only take this guy's word for it. I mean... Like you say, if some of the quotes were not even negative, then it just sounds like some guys are trying to stir something up just for the sake of it. Yeah, but uh, the thing is, a lot of game developers—sorry, a lot of game journalists—are trying to fight the corner for game developers because the industry as a whole is is known of one that like basically grinds people into dirt before they're you know thirty-five. 
you know, by 35, you're done in the industry because you've worked that hard. And that shouldn't be the case, you know, and it should be the the fact that, you know, there there's better hours, there's better pay. And that, I think that's one of the other things that a lot of the overtime isn't paid, which is the pain in the arse, because I think you should be paid for the work you do. Yeah, of course. Um, and this is why they're trying to get the union. And a lot of these stories are building towards the fact that game developers at all levels, at all, you know, pay pay scales should have a union that helps them work to um, allow, allow them to have a life outside of gaming. And, you know, I think a part, part of Jason Schreier's aim with a lot of the pieces he does with about crunch and about grinding developers down is is, is aiming towards this this union. And, you know, they should have a union. But again, even with a union, if you've got a, a, a studio full of workaholics that wanted to make the best game ever made, they're still going to work overtime. <laughs> so I don't know, man. It's a tough one, but like you say, we don't we don't know. I mean, is it is it right that I have to stay till twelve to make sure the print goes? Who knows? But you know, it's, it's part of the job. So you know, you just get on with it, don't you? How about you, Ross? What's, what's your take on this? Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I I agree with uh, everyone's uh, opinions on this. <laughs> Do you? Or, you, or are you totally anti-crunch? Well, no, I'm anti-crunch. No one should not be getting paid for the work they do, especially for a product that's going to probably make that studio a billion dollars. Yeah. And that's when it gets weird. You know, I can't. I was trying to find the money that Red Dead 2 made on launch and, you know, not paying your staff that are working extra for what they're you know, paying for. It's it's just, it's it's disgusting and outrageous. And But hey, we still buy the fucking games, don't we? <laughs> That's true. So, there we go. Are we still going to buy The Last of Us 2? Yep. Yeah, of course we are. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. And the no, cycle. I will not buy it. Dolly <laughs> <laughs> changed their working practices. <laughs> and the cycle will continue. Right then, let's talk about something that I know is going to enrage Sean Davies. Horizon Zero Dawn is coming to PC. He's not enraged about that in particular, but more enraged about the reaction to it. And he specifically said this week, can I talk about this on the podcast? Because I want to rage. I'm like, yes, let's do it. I haven't heard of Sean rage for a while. I'm very excited about it. PS4 exclusive, Horizon Zero Dawn is coming to PC. People got mad about it. Sean, tell me all about it. People are fucking stupid, aren't they? Um, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Look, I, I, don't, I don't know where, where your hatred for other game consoles or platforms came from. But can you please take that hate shove it right up your ass and turn it into an ulcer, which will eventually kill you. Because this <laughs> this this needs to stop because all, so a guy smashed his PS4 because Horizon's coming to PC. A guy turned into some kind of crazy Illuminati overnight claiming that Sony were eventually plotting the downfall of PC gamers. And basically a load of people lost their freaking minds on the internet because uh, an exclusive is no longer an exclusive. If you think that other people playing a game that you enjoyed is a bad thing, then you need to find a cliff and s- really take a thing because there's, you've made some really poor life choices. I thought choices. that was going to go somewhere darker then. <laughs> take a cliff and stand well, on it and get some perspective. I just, I don't, I don't like understand how, how people can like... If, if, you, if they're spending the time being angry on the internet because somebody else gets to play a game that they enjoyed while the company that made that game makes extra money so they can make the next one better, which will likely be exclusive to the console they love. Then they just need to go and reassess the life choices. Cause seriously, there is so much more to be angry about in these days. And it's, it's infuriating 
like uh, I normally engage with these people, but I'll be honest with you, and I just sat back and just thought, what the fuck is up with them? Like, how how insecure can you be that you're upset that other people get to have nice things? And it, it's insane. And like, you know, oh, it's, it's degrading the value of the PS4. The PS4's worth shit now. We're at the end of a fucking generation. Let other people play the game. Let Sony make more money. Will you just fuck off? And um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's I true, mean, don't um, you? Yes, no, it's... Your is what, what, three years old now? Yeah, it's. It, yeah. I mean, it's going to be on PlayStation Plus probably in the next couple of months. If it hasn't yeah. already been. So, it, it's what we... Like you could buy it for ten pound, including the DLC. Like, come on! If, if you're if you're angry about this, pull, it means I'm going to pull out my collector's edition uh, steelbook and case thing now and scratch off the only for PlayStation on top of it. Duh. Yeah, you are. I, or, I, I could, just, or I could just be a normal adult and leave it. So some people were claiming that this would be the end of the PlayStation. That they, you know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. This like this is the sign that all games will be going to PC and. It was like, you know, you just look at the Xbox. Everything is now on PC the same day that it's coming out on the Xbox One. Yeah, so? You notice how um, no one's giving a shit that Death Stranding is going on PC? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody's fancy over that, are they? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't if understand. Any, if anything, they're probably like, ah, now you can share in the bullshit as well. <laughs> I mean, you can suffer this too. There's still a fair amount of exclusives that remain on PlayStation, isn't there? Of course, Spidey, Bloodborne, Last of Us, Uncharted, Last of Us. Yep, God of War. Yep. If somebody could explain to me why these people feel this way, beyond being so insecure that they think that other people can play nice things and it would degrade their love for something, then please let me know, because I don't understand it, and I really wish that we could all just have nice things and get along, because it's getting ridiculous. We need to grow the hell up. Done. Bravo, Sean. Bravo. You feel better now. I'm glad it's just not me that gets the ump and rages. It's not. It's nice enough. I just. I, I've been trying to stay off Twitter as much as possible. I mean, like weaning myself off Twitter, like giving myself a bit of a break from it. And every time I go back, there's just an idiot, just ruining my life. Like, like the the five minutes I give myself on Twitter, I scroll through and go, oh for fuck's sake, there's a a guy taking a baseball bat to his PS4 because some and you know like a year ago. There was a guy smashing up a PS4 because somebody was releasing a game that looked a little bit like Breath of the Wild. And it's like, what? what? Why? Why? <laughs> oh, people, man. At least you four are okay. Three. People are the worst. No doubt. Anyway, bring on Corona. <laughs> well, anyway, if you're on PC, get, get it. Because it's great. And you'll really enjoy it. And you can wind everyone else up about it as well. Yeah, and you can tell all those people that are moaning about it how, how much better it looks on your PC. I still haven't. I still haven't finished the uh, Frozen Wilds yet. That's awesome. And uh, I got sort of halfway through, then other games came out. With your teraflops and your ray tracing and your yeah. graphics cards <laughs> and your installation times and stuff. Enjoy, you'll love it. It'll be great. Uh, right, very quickly, there's a little rumor going around that Silent Hills is to return. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to direct this one to Greg Hicks because you know Konami and Kojima and stuff. Silent Hills is apparently back at Kojima Productions suddenly out of nowhere. This has not been confirmed. But Sony is supposedly working to patch up Konami's relationship with Hideo Kojima in order to bring Silent Hills back on PS5. Meanwhile, a separate project is resurrecting the main franchise with a reboot helmed at SIE Japan Studio. So it looks like there's two new Silent Hills on the way. Greg, does this get you excited? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't expecting anything from Silent Hill, really, when PT was announced. 
or PT, the playable teaser, became Silent Hills. The last one I played was Downpour, and I think it was okay, but i kind of given up on it as a horror franchise. So, yeah, pleasantly surprised, and of course they cancelled it, then it was all the bullshit, and all the fallout, and all that malarkey. I was a bit gutted, but I wouldn't have, you know, burnt down Konami for it. But if it's coming back, then yeah, if they can, if they can retain the the horror they were going for with PT and that kind of thing, then yeah, all for it in a in a I don't really want to play it because it will scare me kind of way. I tried playing Outlast two the other day and I can't do it. it freaks me out. So, but if there's <laughs> if there's if there's two, if it's going to be like Sony versus Kojima, it seems a bit weird. Like it'd be like buses, isn't it? You don't have one for ages, and then two Silent Hills comes along, and I, I just wish they just. You know, just bang their heads together and make a joint effort thing. Can two different versions of Silent Hills kind of work at the like, same time? I don't know. It'd be like one of those stupid bloody Kingdom Hearts things, wouldn't it? One's on Nintendo, one's on PSP. You know, get the full experience, let's play them both. I don't know. God, I sound like Paul then. I don't know. Just put your face. Cause, oh, just because I went, play them both, like you do. I don't know. It's it's a novel concept, but I think it should be one complete Silent Hills as it was going to be before the split. So yeah, I'm 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 kind of pleased at the news, but me being the pessimistic cautionist that I am, I'll just say my usual, you know, believe it when I see it kind of thing. Having two studios making two different versions seems a bit pointless. Well, Sony has pitched the game to Kojima as a title more akin to a Telltale supermassive narrative-driven title. What? No. <laughs> Which no, would offer him just... full creative freedom, which is definitely what you want when Hideo well, Kojima's around. That's not full creative freedom if they're telling him what kind of game to make. Well, it's allegedly. You don't know. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. This is all grain of salt stuff, pinch of salt. Yeah, just let him remake it like he was going to do with Silent Hills, PC. Just let him have that mould back. Let him have that build. Let him have that, whatever he was going to do with that. Give him all the assets back. Let him do that. But obviously rein him in a bit, because as we know from Phantom Pain, that it was a bit of a shambles towards the end. So give him give him that with a criteria. Yes, you can make this how you want, but you're not going to fuck around this time. There you go. Job done. None of this. I mean, I know we've just talked about crunch. I'm not saying give him a deadline. Well, that's two different things. But just say like, look, we're going to give you this amount of time. Don't fuck around. Just get on and do it. And have someone there as a responsible like figurehead to rein him in. Simple. He says. I wonder who has the balls to rein in Kojima. Oh, well, I think after Death Stranding hasn't sold the way he likes and people are going, well, yeah, you're a bit up your own ass." then maybe that might give him a bit of a reality check. But because he's such a head-in-the-clouds auteur, then I don't think it will. He's too far up his own ass, And the fact that he keeps retweeting every bloody fart-sniffing thing about Death Stranding says to me he's not going to come down from planet Kojima, is he? No, he's super erect right now and has been since oh. September. It's just it's just, a, <laughs> it's just a South Park clip where people like farting wine glasses and sniffing their own farts. Just reminds me of that. Like, I know I've gone anti-Death Stranding, although I was saying the other week in the BAFTAs, I commend it for what it's done. Just, I had to mute him on, on Twitter because it's just constant praise. Thanks. You know, just smug. You've yeah. made a game. You're right. You're known for Metal Gear Solid, so we, you had the freedom to make this game. You fucked up with Phantom Pain by taking too long, so they took Silent Hills away from you. If they're going to give it back to him, it should be on a tenuous leash. Like, all right, you can have it back, but if you fuck it up, you're not doing it again. You'll be good, boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully, he'll learn a lesson from Death Stranding and that it's not done as well as the auto genius has hoped. And it can be a bit more grounded to make a decent Silent Hill game that doesn't take forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, to make, not that's to the play. Yeah, that's, yeah. The, that, that's where I stand on that. Again, I, it, okay. the, the, the optimistic part of me is like, yay, because PC was amazing. And I wish I hadn't deleted off my old console, but we shall see. Okay, cool. Uh, anyone else excited for this possibility? For a Kojima-fronted uh, Silent Hills? If they if they um, 
PT Gizogi. You know, it was a demo type thing. It was probably the scariest game that's ever been made ever. If that's the template, then I'm all for it. But yeah, if he, if he continues to be like a, a dick, then I don't want to know about <laughs> some some. You know what I mean? Think about Kojima. He makes some good games, and then he goes so off on a tangent while they're playing that game. So playing half the games like, yeah, this is good. And the second half is some weird shit. I'm like, what the fuck? Just give me some good stuff. Forget the weird shit. Keep that to your own little kind of basement, whatever. Just, you know, <laughs> just make the game. You, you, you basically just said what I've said, but in less formidable sentences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, never change. Yeah, I mean, you're in agreement. Paul and Greg are in agreement. Let's, let's take a moment to appreciate that. <laughs> John, are you excited for this? I am. If it if it does happen at all, I'm. I'll be honest. I remember there being like an interview that said the actual Silent Hills wouldn't be anything like PT, and it would be more like the other Silent Hill games, which is which is fine, you know. But I'm really glad that Sony are kind of the bridge here because they seem to have been able to get Kojima to do games within a reasonable time limit. I think people were expecting Kojima to take like four or five years to make Death Stranding, and he did it in what two and a half. And that, that's that's a, a, a massive in, a improvement over where he was previously. And I think it's really smart of them to have another studio making a, a Silent Hills game, or Silent Hill game, depending on what it is. Because if Kojima does go off on go off on one, they've got a they've got a backup. You know, so they've got they've basically got two stabs at reviving this this franchise. And one that'll be, you know, everyone will sniff Kojima's thoughts again. Oh my god, he's made a Silent Hills game, it's gonna be amazing. And it's weird. We should have seen this coming because the other day, everyone who was involved in uh, Death Stranding was saying, yeah, we're going to work with Kojima again. So everyone should have just seen this coming. Like, I, I feel like we all just missed the very obvious, oh, yeah, they're going to bring Silent Hills back. Hmm. Are we going <laughs> to see uh, Norman Reedus again in the trailer? Yeah. Yeah. Like, th- this is Norman Reedus was saying the other day that he's going to work with Kojima again. And, you know, this is probably like days before we got this rumor. So. Who knows? Oh God! It's like bloody Druckmann and Troy Baker, isn't it? Yes. Jesus. And like Scorsese um, and Tarantino. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. DiCaprio. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they've got the guys on there. They just stick with this. This gonna, we're going to have a, like a Norman Reedus cinematic universe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll find a way to tie it into Death Stranding in some way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah well, and... cool. Okay, cool. I'm not excited. I'm not going to play a Simon Hills game made by Kojima. Jesus Christ. Too scary. Question yeah, Don't like that. Right, it's time for Sean's Indie Corner. Okay. So this week I've kind of concentrated on a couple of games that we actually don't know that much about. So the first is if you're listening to this on Monday, um, there's going to be announcement an announcement made today. We know what that announcement is, but we can't tell you. So go and follow Mode7Games on Twitter or Ground Shatter on Twitter because they are making an announcement today on Twitter. And uh, it is redacted, redacted, awesome, redacted. So, yeah, that's... It's that's... Totally, uh, totally redacted, but it looks redacted. <laughs> can't wait to... Redacted, redacted, redacted. <laughs> exactly. With a side of redacted. Exactly. We can't talk about it, but I will love to talk about it next week. Uh, the second game is BFF or Die. So this game has been out on PC for a while. 
but um, it, it was originally kind of scheduled for consoles. And it's it's a co-op game where you you basically have to go out and you you in in the game you use the same controller. So it's two player. One person uses the left side of the controller. One player uses the right side of the controller. And it's awesome. It is a really great party game. I played it at EGX and I had a huge amount of fun with it. And it came out on PC. It did okay. But it looks as though, so there's been a mysterious tweet made today, which um, I shall, two seconds, I shall read it out to you because it was it was very fun. Secret things are happening over here at our ASA studio base. Can't say much right now, but in the near future, our station may switch to a variety of boxes. <sighs> so we know what's going to happen here. <laughs> Subtle. <laughs> so, um, I I highly advise if you, if you can get it on PC, it's it is a lot of fun. Um, I played it with an, uh, like an Xbox 360 controller, and it was great on PC. But if if this tweet is an indication of where it might be headed, then make sure you keep an eye out for this. And the last game I wanted to highlight was was one that got kind of pitched around on on Twitter because basically it's um it was going to be at E3 looking for development. Um, but it, it's called Orbitals Game. And basically, it's like a multiplayer shooter uh, side on where I did it. Can you remember like uh, Angry Birds, but the one in space where you have those planets and you get to use the gravitational pull to like land and destroy the pigs? Angry Birds, space. Yes. yes. The, the, yeah, okay. <laughs> that, that very <laughs> obvious name that slipped my mind. It's kind of like that, but a multiplayer shooter. So you're basically jumping from planet to planet and shooting each other. It's called Orbitals. Uh, if you search for it on Twitter, it's there's some awesome gifts of matches going on there, but it's it's like a cartoony kind of almost Abe's Odyssey style art, art style, and uh, it looks hella cool. So if you if that sounds your jam, go and give them a follow. They are looking for funding, so if you're happy to be some kind of rich indie developer publisher style person and you're listening to this, go give us some money so I can buy the game. And that is all three games. Sweet. Nice and chipper and sweet and short mm. today. Redacted sound amazing. I am looking forward to Redacted a hell of a lot. <laughs> uh, am I, I allowed to what, say I, that? I know what game he's uh, talking about, but I can't say anything, obviously. But yeah, you are allowed to say that you're looking forward to this scheme that you don't know exists. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fun times. Hooray for embargoes. Right, it's time for the quiz answers. Okay. Are you ready for this? Always. Never. That's okay, good. question one. The protagonist in Grand Theft Auto Vice City, Tommy Vassetti, was voiced by which actor? Uh, Paul. Was it Ray Liotta? It was Ray Liotta. Congratulations. Uh, question two, at the beginning... Um, of... um, 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 it's uh, Ray Liotta. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, Paul, you got the answer wrong. Thank you. Um, ju- <laughs> what? No, I'm, ki- I'm kidding. Just just oh, to get a particular... I'm surprised. That's what that means. <laughs> uh, question two, at the beginning of Grand Theft Auto 3... Which character asks you to drive a car because their hands are all messed up? Was it A, Claude, B, 8-Ball, or C, Catalina? Uh, Greg? It was 8-Ball. Eight 8-Ball eight is correct. Oh, what a guess. Okay, question three. In Grand Theft Auto V, each character sleeps for a different amount of time when saving the game. Which character sleeps for the longest? Uh, Roscoe, was it Michael, Franklin, or Trevor? I, I n- never noticed this. This is a massive guess. Is it Trevor? It I is also, Trevor. Yes! yes! I also so, went for Trevor because I was thinking because he drinks and drugs a lot. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's common sense that one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. He's a total slob, it just makes sense. So Michael sleeps for six hours, Franklin sleeps for eight, and Trevor sleeps for 12. Wow. 
you see, half a day just disappears every time you save the game. Anyway. <laughs> um, okay, question four. The two expansions for the original Grand Theft Auto were set in real, which real world city? Paul? Was it London? It was London. Well done. Uh, it's pronounced Landon. Was <laughs> <laughs> uh, it London? Okay. Uh, question five. Uh, Grand Theft Auto had an anti-piracy measure which removed what from all the vehicles in the game when it detected it was a copy uh greg it was um it was the camera control wasn't it it made it play like you were drunk uh yes but that wasn't on the cars oh oh no 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 the handbrake it was the brakes oh that was my first guess and i put i I, hold on was it not um the car kept driving forward and full guess uh, no, there was no, a mod that, for that. That was quite funny. No, the, it, 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 it removed the brakes. I, I think that was what? in Grand Theft Auto V. But the, you know the Grand Theft Auto IV removed the brakes. Uh, I did actually... I mean, I could, I'm not going to like contest it because I know I'm wrong. But annoyingly, I did... Because I, I write them as a text message and text myself after the quiz, so I can't change my answer. I did originally put a handbrake, and I was like... No, I'm pretty sure it's like Drunko Cam or something like that. Yeah, know. it did mess with the camera control. But yeah, it, it removed all the brakes from all the it cars. So Okay, uh, question six in Grand Theft Auto 2. What saying was displayed on the screen if you ran over a line of Elvis impersonators with a car without braking? Uh, Roscoe? Elvis has left the building. Elvis has left the building. Oh, what a punt. <laughs> okay, uh, question seven in Grand Theft Auto 5. What is the name of Franklin and Lamar's dog? Paul, was it Dog, was it Little Homie, or was it Chop? Was it Chop? It was Chop. Uh, question eight. Was it what? Chop? You knew it was Chop. You played more GTA than any of us. Chop Hey! <laughs> <laughs> question eight. What is the name of the soda that can be found in shops and on billboards in Grand Theft Auto 4 and on San Andreas? Greg, you know this one, don't you? Is, is it Liberty sprunk. Cola? It's Sprunk. Yeah, Sprunk. Sounds like. <laughs> yes, it does. Sounds like Sprite. Uh, question nine in grand theft auto san andreas what is the color used by cj's gang roscoe green it's yellow grove street no it's not no it's not what the main is green it's green grove street (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's green Um, yeah (laughs) what a son of a bitch Question 10. What was the name of the studio that designed the original Grand Theft Auto before it became Rockstar North? Um, Paul? Was it DMA Design? It was DMA Design. Well done, chaps. Well done. Okay. I was so sure that you were going to say Kiva Sutherland for Radiota. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, okay. After this, I'm going to give you a little bit of an update. Oh, let's go. Um, anyway. Uh, toss up your scores for me. Um, let's find out who's got what. Let's start with Paul. Uh, nine. Nine. Roscoe? Nine. <laughs> oh, so we're going to have this tiebreaker regardless. Greg? Oh, it's going to be a three-way tiebreak. Holy shit. Three-way tiebreak. Okay, we've never done this before. They're probably all the same uh, question oh, as well, isn't it? Okay. The tiebreaker. How many times is the word fuck used in-game in the Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, excluding the soundtrack and random NPC interactions. Let's start with. <laughs> if the I old... say fuck, 
Two more times. There's 46 fucks in this fucked up rhyme. <laughs> Let's start with the oldest. Let's go with um, Paul first. You're mean. Well, I just, you know, I'm giving you. You're the oldest. The, you know, giving you the first punt. So, uh, how many times is the word fuck used in the game of San Andreas? Excluding the soundtrack um, and random NPC interactions. I know. 500. 500. Okay. Brasco, aren't you the next youngest or oldest? Or is uh, that Greg? No, oh, Greg. Okay, Greg. What, as in just in story dialogue? It's how many times is the word fuck used in-game in San Andreas? But not, but not NPCs. Not NPCs and not the soundtrack. So story dialogue. Mostly, yes. Um, oh, I don't know, 250? Okay, Roscoe? Hmm. 499. <laughs> okay, the word fuck is used 365 times oh, in San Andreas. That means Ross. You... Wait, no. no. 250 uh, is the closest. To... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fuck! That was very close. But... Oh, I had to do math then. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hang on, did Ross pip it? Wait, no, there's 136, 135 in his. 114 difference in mine. Yay! Oh, I should have done Greg's number. God damn it. Never mind. Well done, chaps. Greg pulls even further into the lead. Yeah. Question. I was really hoping. That... I was really hoping that the, the, the tiebreaker was going was going to be what do the monks say when you order? What's the phrase when you run the monks over? Goranga. Goranga. So let's talk about this Kiva Sutherland situation. I'm going to keep it short because I know nobody else wants to hear about this again. But I have now spoken to eight game developers who were involved in Tekken Tag Tournament and Street Fighter X Tekken. And guess what? Kiva Sutherland never touched that game. Okay. Well, hardly an update, is it, really? No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I wanted to make sure that you'd got the right answer. And, you know, that's where we're at. I, I've been on Reddit and asked. And do you know what? A couple of people on Reddit thought that it was Keeper Sutherland. So, you you know, fair enough. But that's... Well, you know. And that was this week's okay. quiz. Well done, we can, we can draw a line under that now. Yeah, we can... Keeper keep Gate is done. Thank goodness <laughs> me. Right. Well done, Greg. Thank you. All right, let's talk about what is out this week. And oh my God, what a week we have on March 17th. Get excited, everyone. MLB The Show 20 is coming to PS4. Someone out there is going to be really excited about that. Someone. Explosive Jake is coming to Xbox One and PS Vita on March the 18th. First off that Vita, Sean. It's back. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> March the 19th, we have TT Isle of Man right on the edge 2 for PS4, PC, and Xbox One. Is it a Switch one as well? I can't remember. No. Um, no. Okay. Look out for more on that game very, very soon because we're covering over at Finger Guns. March the 20th. You ready? Calm down, everyone. Doom 64 is coming to Switch and PC. And this was one, PS4. Along with Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing New Horizons. Oh my good God. I can't take it. I can't take it. I'm so excited. Um, Sean, are you picking up Doom Eternal? Yeah, probably. We had a conversation about this last week. And uh, yeah, we assume that you would be the uh, the most excited for it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I am looking forward to being covered in blood. Uh, and then playing Doom. Nice. Bring it on. Um, <laughs> I'm very excited for uh, Animal Crossing, obviously. And uh, yeah. That's it. It's a very big week. So get ready. La Maluna 1 and 2 is also coming to Switch and PS4. 
if you're interested on March 20th. I would talk about March 23rd, but that's the week after Half-Life Alex isn't too far away. For you awesome Valve Index Oculus Quest people, enjoy. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much indeed for listening to this week's podcast. Don't forget, you can follow us over on Twitter at FNGRGNS. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash UK. You can follow us on Twitch, and there's going to be a lot of Twitch streaming this week on twitch.tv forward slash fingerguns.net. We're going to be streaming uh, a little more in aid of Help for Heroes and Hero Gaming. You can donate to that in the link in the description below if you so choose to that would be lovely thank you very much indeed if you really really like what we do you can follow us on patreon give us one dollar a month which i think at this point it's working out about what 10p i don't know the pounds crashed i have no idea what it is it's 86p or something like that that would be lovely as well and there's so much more to get excited about there's a lot of content on vegans.net this week a lot of reviews have been up and some news so if you want to keep up with the very latest stuff don't forget to head there and check out we'll have a review for ori and the will of the wisps up this week hopefully awesome and and yeah. tt alaman is that or one, of, one of the ones that sean's got yeah tt yep. alaman should be this week grand so that's it thank you very much indeed for listening it is goodbye from mr greg hicks it is wow you said it is goodbye and i was affirming that okay goodbye from mr paul collett it is actually goodbye yeah, he's gone he's, he's, he's actually gone, gone. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye and goodbye for <laughs> Sean Davies. Ciao, Until next time, for our 50th episode. <gasps> oh, yeah. Goodbye from all of us here at the Finger Guns Podcast. <laughs>